0: Hey guys, welcome to the first edition of our Christ Chapel Parent Podcast. Uh, These podcasts, a goal is simple. It's our staff trying to engage you in real conversations to help you win at home. Uh, My name is Joel. I'm the 5th and 6th grade pastor at Christ Chapel here at our Fort Worth campus, and I am joined by Caroline Smallwood.
1: Hey, Caroline. Hey, yeah, I'm Caroline Smallwood. I am the middle school girls director at the West Campus. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, It's nice
0: to have campuses together here, equipping our parents. And uh, Caroline, I don't know if this is the case for you, but I know that for me, this is actually my first time podcasting.
1: This is my first time, too. I've never done this, never recorded a podcast, It it's pretty exciting. I know, yeah.
0: So I'm I'm excited about doing this, and I just felt like the listeners need to know that they're part of a, a pretty big moment right now.
1: They are hearing for, our first. They're our, our first, first audience. Yes,
0: this is my first time that a vo- my voice has been emitted over the podcast world. Is there, that it's it a is? lucky a, world. A world. Of it's podcasts? a world. I don't know, but anyways, uh, so today we are going to be kicking this thing off. With a bit of a doozy of a topic. And then when I uh, told you that this was going to be our first one, I don't know if you were nervous, but I was a little bit nervous to tackle this one.
1: I, I, I was pretty nervous. I think if you're going to start a podcast, you might as well go big, though.
0: Absolutely. So yeah. so yeah. let's go
1: ahead and talk about
0: Sex. sex, yes. That's what we're talking about today is sex. And and now these episodes are, are only going to be about 30 minutes long. So obviously we can't tackle everything that has to do with sex in 30 minutes. And so today we're going to be kind of honing in on uh, just starting the conversation mm-hmm. about sex with your students, how to either bring it up for the first time or have an open dialogue. Because um, I don't know about you, Caroline, but for me growing up, uh, you know, the talking about sex was not really something that happened in my household. Um, you know, I know that a lot of people will have the talk. Um, so I mean, in your house, what was your experience with that?
1: Yeah, so I didn't really have the talk either. I have an older brother, and so I started asking questions pretty young. He would, you know, make jokes and say things. And so I started asking some questions, and so my parents did what any loving, nervous parents would do, and they gave me a book. A book? Yeah, I remember the book had pictures. It actually had a story with it, too. Interesting. Yeah, it was a that story. little Timmy ran inside and say, Mom, you know, Rebecca said that babies don't come from the stork." Okay. And then it just proceeded to tell you so where you, they really do you've come from. you vicariously got your sex education through
0: Timmy. Through Timmy. It's little Timmy. Yeah,
1: and little Rebecca. Yeah. Gotcha. So I read the book. I was probably like seven-ish. Read the book. It had pictures, and it taught me everything. I still remember it, so apparently it's a little effective. Left, yeah. Left, mm-hmm. Well, when you're seven, that'll leave you, you. <laughs> my, Maybe it was scarring. <laughs> maybe it was a little scarring. Um, and then... I did that, and then a couple, you know, years later, like in middle school, when it was like, okay, now she needs to really learn about puberty and everything that comes with sex, they sent me to, you know, Worth the Weight weekends, and, yeah. and my school did something, mm-hmm. and, you know, they would kind of ask me, so I know you did this at school, do you have any questions, you know, and i awkwardly would say no, even yeah, though I did. Yeah. So that was kind of my sex yeah, talk. Yeah,
0: so your parents kind of took more of the we're going to follow up on the back end approach. Yes. Like we're going to let you read this book or go to this thing, and then if you have any questions...
1: Then we'll, we'll, we'll be we'll, here. We're here, yes.
0: but for the most part, little Timmy and Rebecca. Little Timmy and here, Rebecca. I mean, it's very helpful. Yeah. <laughs> well, for me... Uh, you know, I didn't even really have the back end stuff. Uh, I'm the fourth out of five kids. And in my family, from my experience, at least, I can't speak for my older siblings. I never had the talk, so to speak. Um, I didn't get any books or anything like that. And it wasn't because my my parents were uninvolved. My parents are great. My dad was a pastor and they were really intentional in a lot of ways, but we just never talked about this topic. It just wasn't something that that we did. I don't know if it was because I was fourth out of five, and they were like, you have older siblings? They'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, they'll figure it out, or I, you know, I don't know, but it just kind of never happened, um, and, and it, you know, it may not have happened for a lot of reasons, just like how your parents with you you know, chose the route that they did for a lot of reasons. There's a lot of things that either encourage or keep parents from talking to their kids mm-hmm. about sex, I feel like.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I talk to parents a lot, and you know, they don't know where to start is a big one. But also, I think that the main reason that parents tell me they don't have that conversation is because it feels awkward.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: It feels awkward for them. It feels awkward for their students. They don't want to bring it up. They don't want to be the one to start it. But the kid's not going to start it and ask anything. Yeah. They don't know where to start. Yeah. Well, that's where, like, the the idea of, like,
0: just giving them a book and sending it to their room comes in because it's like – you know the book doesn't feel awkward right to yeah. so the people in the book it's like you know to just kind of do that and yeah it it is awkward yep. to do that i a part of me is like even when i think about eventually doing that with my own children it's like oh that just feels awkward
1: feels weird um, yeah
0: yeah you know i think that you brought up the great point too of it's just where do i begin with this topic, where do I, you know, what do I say? I don't want to say too much. I don't want to say too little. Yeah. Do they even want to talk to me mm-hmm. about this? Mm-hmm. You know, is it better? You know, I think that a lot of parents do retreats and things like that because they think, you know, my kid doesn't even want to talk to me
1: about yeah. this. Yeah, anyways. yeah, yeah. I think that's a big one, Joel. I think it's big that they think, well, the kid doesn't want to, mm-hmm. and I don't want to scare him away. I don't want to make him do something they don't want to do. Something like that, and then that's that's probably true, and you don't you know you don't want to make them more uncomfortable, but the kid doesn't really get to decide if you talk about it or not
0: absolutely you
1: know they're absolutely. talking about it anyway, yeah. and so even if they don't want to and they don't feel comfortable and they tell you it's weird. You know, they don't get to decide that. Yeah. They need to hear yeah, it, right? Absolutely, yeah.
0: And I think that that kind of is going to be our goal for the rest of our time is just to talk about, hey, if you're a parent and you're wanting to engage your student in this topic, you know, how do you go about that? Where do you begin? How do you see that process through? How do you know if you're winning in this area? Yeah. So I think that that's you know a great just kind of way to begin of just okay where do I even begin? So you know let's say that a parent came to you and they wanted to start this conversation with their with their student and they're just like I don't know where to begin. What what advice would you give them?
1: That's, that's good. Um, the advice I would probably start with is to be honest, to be open, and to be straightforward their students are probably hearing and learning more than they think, and they have a lot more questions than the parents think. And so for the parent to come to them and say, you might be wondering this, yeah, and using technical terms, yeah. and you, and being straightforward yeah. and saying, you might have heard this, or being honest and being open, because they're hearing those things, Absolutely. and they're getting that information, they're having those questions, they're just not coming to their parents. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think being honest and open is where you start.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that with that honesty and openness and, and using candid terms and kind of making mm-hmm. sure, I think that a fear that a lot of parents have is, is they think, I don't, I don't really know what, what candid terms I should use, mm-hmm. right? Because the spectrum of talking about sex and the terms used to talk about sex and the you know, all these different things is just so broad. You know, and so I think that, you know, when I've talked to parents about just where to begin, I've told them stuff very similar to what you've said, but I've I've also given them the advice of hey, you you kinda need to find a way to get an honest assessment Mm -hmm. of what you feel like your student might know. And so I kind of tell them, hey, you know, there's a couple of factors that I feel like you can kind of use to make a really honest assessment. And I always tell parents, I say, hey, these are not, I'm not saying that I think that one thing is better than the other or that if your child is on this side of the Mm -hmm. spectrum that you've done a poor job. It's just, hey, here's a way to honestly assess. And I kind of point parents to, so I say, hey, if, if you were to kind of think of a scale of sexual knowledge, you know, if your student, you homeschool them, you don't have television in your home, they don't have a smartphone, maybe even you don't even have a smartphone.
1: Maybe you're just Amish. Yeah,
0: maybe you're just, <laughs> if you're Amish, right, then your child probably has very, very little knowledge in this department, if any. Right? And so, if you were to come in with a very, very candid conversation, you know, you may be u- using terms that are above mm-hmm. their head, or you may, you know, want to give them a book about Timmy and Rebecca that they're not really ready for because they have no exposure yeah. whatsoever. Or the probably other end of that spectrum would be hey, if, you know, if your child attends a secular, you know, public school. They have a smartphone. Their friends have smartphones. You know, they spend a lot of time unsupervised. They spend a lot of time at non with non-believers in their homes and things like that, which which is awesome. That's a whole other podcast of talking about how to get your students connected with non-believers. But you kind of have to make an honest assessment and say, okay, if my kids more over here, then they probably know a little bit more. And I always tell parents, you know, as you assess that, where your kid might be on that scale of kind of knowing nothing to knowing a lot based on kind of some of those criterias of technology they're exposed to and the crowd that they're around and things like that, uh, you know, you always kind of have to get where they are and then assume that they probably know a little bit more yes. than you think that they do. Yes. So, but the thing about that is it still doesn't necessarily help with how do I begin this conversation? Right. Right, because I don't know that any parent wants to roll in with like, hey, I have this skill and I made an <laughs> assessment and I think that you know about, you know, this and this and this. And so, you know, as far as practically beginning the conversation, um, you know, I, what would be some best practices that you would say of just, "Hey, okay, I've assessed, I kind of know, I'm ready to have the candid conversation. So what should my you know opening line? we debated for a long time. What should the opening line of this podcast be? What would the opening line of that conversation be? Yeah,
1: yeah. I think, like what you just said, um, is that it is so important to let your kid know. No matter where they on where they are on that spectrum, it's okay. And starting out with that, starting out with, hey, you know, and they see it coming. They know mm-hmm. it's coming. Their friends' parents have had it, or, you know, they know the talk is coming. Yeah. And so they're not going to be surprised. So starting out with, hey, let's talk about things that we need to talk about, that you've seen coming. Let's talk about sex. And then starting by telling them, you know, mm-hmm. wherever they are, that's good. That's okay. Maybe they are a little bit further ahead. And that's okay. Tell them, you know, hey, I know that, you know, I've seen on your phone or I've seen through what you watch on Mm -hmm. TV or, you know, that maybe you're a little advanced to your age. And and that's okay. That's just where we're at. Mm -hmm. And that is what we're going to deal with, you know. And letting them know, you can be open with me. Mm -hmm. You can be honest. We're Mm -hmm. not pretending. We're not going to sit here and pretend that you've seen nothing or we're not going to pretend that you've seen everything. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not going to sit here and act like, this is going to go in a certain way, Mm -hmm. it's just going to go however it goes between you and your student. Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. And I think that, you know, something that, that you said that kind of resonates with me as I think about this topic is the idea of, you know, of it being able to be open and honest because you know your student You know, I think that a lot of times, sometimes this conversation can feel awkward for a lot of people um, because they start talking about this when they're not really accustomed to talking about other stuff with their student. And so, you know, I would say that probably a great place for a lot of us to start with this topic is to start talking about other stuff first and just to get to know your student. You know, as I think about you know, just talking with them about it and and knowing them, you know, I I think that I'm reminded of you know Psalm Psalm 139. And how it explains just how much God knows us. No matter where we go, he knows everything about us, the ins and the outs, the the big and the small, the mundane and the deep. And that's something that we really harp on in physics with our preteens, is that God is all of those things. But because you're not God, right you have to do some investigation mm-hmm. to know those things. And something that I have found that's so true, it's a principle that spans beyond just the topic of sex, and this is true, I think, for parents and for us as, as youth workers, is that they're not going to let you into the intimate until they know that you care about the mundane. Yep. And so if you want to have a really great Open, honest. Hey, this is where you are. Let's talk about this conversation. What's going to go a long way with making it a little less awkward? It's still going to be awkward, Mm -hmm. but I think a little less awkward is if you just are accustomed to just talking in general and just talking about other stuff. You know, hey, how's soccer practice? You know, every day and, and being involved with homework and just knowing what's going on. You know, that's a great way to to begin that conversation and to just show them, hey, like. I get the credibility beyond just, hey, I'm your parent, but I have shown you that I have credibility to see these intimate parts and to talk about them because I've shown up in the more mundane things of life.
1: Yeah, yeah, and Jill, I think something that is hard about that is that just like talking about sex... I think that some preteens don't want to talk about anything with their parents. Absolutely. Or they act like they don't want to. Yeah. And I think as a parent, the, the role that you play is that you try anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that a lot of times preteens, it's not really cool anymore to talk to your parent. You know, it's not cool to open up to them. So as a parent, um, I think you give great advice. Talk about other things also. But (laughs) even when your your student acts like they don't want to talk about it, pursue that. Yeah, Pursue them. Pursue the conversation and try to have those conversations, even when they're acting kind of averse to it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think that, you know, off of that kind of springboarding off of that, that this conversation is not a one and done thing. Right. You know, it is an ongoing conversation. And so there will be, you know, times or probably every time because it is an awkward subject. where Your student probably doesn't want to have this talk. And so you have to press in and keep it ongoing and kind of build that trust as you talk more and more about it. You know, because I would say that for me, and and this is probably your experience too, that if my parents had had the talk with me, you know, that I would, uh, it would not have served me well to just said, okay, let's have the talk. Let's explain the basic anatomy. Check the box. We're done. We're never going to talk about this again. But if they had had more of an approach of, OK, we're going to we're going to talk about this and then we're going to bring it up a little bit more. And then maybe as we notice things about you that are going on, you know, we're going to talk about this a little bit more and kind of keep keep bringing it up. Um, and so, you know, I think, though, that for a parent, it's hard to know okay, well, when are those times where I keep bringing it up? You know, it's like. Do, is there, are you suggesting like, hey, you know, we're going to have sex talk Mondays <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about sex. Or is it, you know, as I see things happen or do I only address this when I notice something sketchy on my kid's phone yeah. or when they've messed up or, you know, just kind of what, if there's a rhythm to it, what, what yeah. kind of rhythm do you, do you see that would be helpful?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So something that I always say is that it should be a little bit like math class they don't take one math class when they're in the sixth grade and then check it off and they never take math again, right? They take math every semester, every year because it builds on each other Mm. and they get smarter and they get deeper and they get more mature in their math skills. Mm. And I think that talking about sex should be like that it should yeah. be an ongoing conversation because they are growing they're yeah. maturing they're Absolutely. changing and we shouldn't just talk about it once like you said and then leave it yeah it should be more like everything else in life mm-hmm. sports you build on it yeah. you play you practice every week you don't just learn how to hit a baseball and then you're done you play it and you practice it and I think it should be like that so I think it should be Some sort of rhythm. Mm -hmm. Um, Something you said, you know, do I just talk about it when when something goes wrong? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a temptation because that's an easy springboard. Oh, this happened. It was wrong. It was bad. And so now we're going to talk about it. And I think a lot of parents make the mistake
0: of not having that grounding of trust, whether it's through talking about the mundane and just being involved or, you know, a regular rhythm. And they're really reactionary. And then that can cause... You know, a kid to kind of lash out of. Hey, why do you why now do yeah. you care about this all, all of a sudden? Is it just because I messed up? You only care if I'm a failure in this department. And yeah, yeah that's a great
1: point. Yeah, yeah, and it, I think it also can make sex seem bad. Hmm. You know, we only talk about sex at home when I'm in trouble. Yeah. Or when I do something wrong. Yeah. You know, instead of let's just it's it's a good thing inside the confines of marriage, of course. And so let's talk about it. On a regular basis, absolutely. not just when things are bad yeah. or when, you know, when negative things happen. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I think on that same topic, I think a, a side a sort of a side note to that is, you know, I think that where the idea of being really proactive really, really comes uh in really, in in a critical way, is when it comes to pornography, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that a lot of times that that's something that we don't want to talk about, that we want to kind of sweep under under the rug, right? We don't want to be super proactive about that conversation for a, a lot of reasons. I think that I, something I hear really commonly is parents are scared that if they tell their kids about pornography before their kid knows what pornography is, it's like, oh, am I the one? Now, who has exposed that? Mm -hmm. But I think that when you are proactive, when it's regular, when you've built that base of trust, right, you can engage in that conversation, not just about the physical act of sex, but also the world of pornography. And I think that the the thing about pornography and and what, what the, you know, one of the biggest issues with it is it just exposes students, guys and girls, it's not just a guy problem, guys and girls, to sexual acts that are just just so far away yeah. from any kind of normative experience and and for time for a lot of kids it are disturbing and then paint this picture for them that's wrong and I, you know I think that as you have an ongoing conversation I think that if you have that layer of trust you know maybe a good habit to get in with your students is asking them the question of just hey I love you I care about you have you seen anything lately that just kind of bothered you or just kind of brought up questions for you or you know and and that's awkward and asking a question like that takes a ton of trust. Mm-hmm. But I just know that that in my experience of working with young men, when there's a suspicion there about that and I ask that question they just they kind of crumple underneath the pressure of it because they have seen something that 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 they are told they're supposed to enjoy that maybe is a little bit disturbing and a little bit scary and a little bit uncomfortable, and I think that that question also on the same side is especially important if you have daughters yeah if you had a, a, a boy say something to you mm-hmm. recently that just Bothered you, or that you just don't understand? Why would they say that? Yeah, you know, But once again, trust is the is the underlying. You know, you got to build that foundation of trust yeah. to be able to make big statements yeah, like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, completely. And I love that question. Just have you seen anything lately, or heard anything lately that made you uncomfortable? Because something that has surprised me. I think this is good for parents to know is that I've talked to, um, you know, preteens or teenage girls about pornography. And, you know, they'll ask about it or it'll be in our sermon, you know, and so it Mm -hmm. comes up. And when I kind of explain what it is, Joel, it's been really interesting to see that a lot of my students have seen it and didn't know what it was. Hmm. And so they've heard this phrase, yeah. pornography, or you know, wow. and they and they know it's wrong. Yeah. But they don't know that what they have seen is pornography. Yeah. And so when I bring that up and so I think it's important for parents to know that because they probably know more or have yeah. seen more than we think. Yeah. They just don't know that they yeah. have.
0: Yeah, and that's such just a great practical example of Why it's so important, again, just to be proactive because you have students that are exposed to things that don't have the vernacular and the language to articulate. And these are teenagers that are saying, oh, I didn't really even understand that that's what that was. So I've seen something that I don't have the verbiage, the wordage, to even really explain what I saw. Yeah, yeah, and if you ask that question of, hey, have you seen anything that's been, then that kind of opens the door to say, okay, let's talk about what this is. And absolutely. Uh, So on the kind of that note of, you know, pornography and kind of reacting on the back end, like we talked about, and things like that. You know, I think that a burning question that a lot of parents have as they maybe begin to engage in this conversation, and maybe if they're a little nervous that their child knows more or has maybe done more or Mm -hmm. seen more than they would like. You know, I think that the burning question they have is, what do I do if my child has already messed up or when they mess up? I'm trying to be proactive, but they do mess up. You know, I don't just want to be reactionary. You know, what do do I do? And you actually, uh, the other day when we were kind of doing some prep for this, shared a story with me. That, um, that I love. I went home, I told my wife about it, because yeah. I was like, wow, that is such a great example of a parent handling a child's mistake in this area really, really well. Well, it was actually not their own child's mistake, but yeah. the way they coached another parent. Yeah. You wouldn't mind sharing that story. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, for yeah, for
1: sure. I'm always looking to other parents for how do they deal with it, you know, and what is good and whats what doesn't go so well. And, you know, in the future, I'd love to use that for my own kids. This went well, that didn't. And, and the other day I did, I got to see one of my friends handle something really well and kind of teach another parent how to do it well. And so what had happened is that, um, there are these two high school boys, um, Josh and Ben, and and Josh had been dating a girl for a long time, and um, for, you know for two years, and and kind of was done with the relationship. But had yeah. It hadn't broken up with her, and which and in so, high school is like an eternity, uh, forever. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah. basically married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they've been dating for eternity, and um, and and Josh ended up cheating on his girlfriend mm. with another girl, and word kind of got out, and and Josh was a great just church going kid, yeah, love yeah. the Lord. He was a leader at, at church and, um, and he was in high school, so he was a little older, but, um, so so, his dad, Josh's dad, is pretty hard on him, and and just kind of went to him and and was kind of beating him down, you know. Which I mean, Grant said I probably would have done the same thing. Absolutely, yeah. you know, he wants his son to act right. Yeah,
0: yeah. So well, yeah. that's my mentality. I have I have two children. I have a daughter and a son. They're both really young right now. But when I think about this topic with my daughter, I think about how can I shelter you, and with my son, yeah. I think about how do I make it so that you don't cause a wake of of damage, exactly. right? And so as hearing you say this, even in my own mind, I'm I'm like. Yeah I would I would be yes. able to beat down on Henry if I found out that he yes. did that yeah, too Yeah especially
1: cuz it's a boy I yeah. think you're right I mean I think it's just easier to yeah. kind of beat down boys about yeah. it so that's what Josh's dad did. He just kind of, you know, said, "Josh, this reputation you've built for 17 years, mm-hmm. it just all, you know, went away with this one act. Yeah. And you have given our family a bad name. And you, which mm-hmm. all these things are semi true, yeah. you know. I mean, he did make a bad mistake, and people know now, and all this. Well, well, Josh's dad has a friend that came over to him, and I love how she handled it. She said, Steve." look over there at your son. And Josh was at church and he was crying. I mean, he was upset. He's yeah. a good kid. He had a, you know, his heart was broken about it. And she just told him, Steve, you have to forgive him. He's already beating himself up. Hmm. He already knows what he did wrong. What he needs is for you to come in and teach him about Jesus and to teach him that, no, absolutely, you did not just ruin your whole reputation. Yeah. You made one mistake. One mistake that you don't want to do again, and you have to pay the consequences for, but you are forgiven, and you are new, and we're going to move on, and we're not going to do that again, you have to forgive him and show him that that doesn't define him. Mm. I love that. I think sometimes when when students do something we think, and they think, and their friends think, that's who I am now, and then they just live into that, you know, and um, and so I think after that, Josh's dad got to talk with him and build him up. Yeah. Josh already was heartbroken. He already didn't want to do that again. Um, and now he was being built up and yeah. taught about forgiveness and about how Jesus would handle Josh in his actions.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Mm, that's so good. And, and there's so many aspects to that story that I love, of just the, the idea of that he knew that he had done wrong. You know, I think that, that with our, our kids, it's important to remember that when they mess up in this area, that they are aware, they you know, and, and you can see it when you ask them about it and the whole idea that the whole, you know, topic is awkward because there's when this is not done in the right way that God created it, there's just so much shame
1: mm-hmm. attached
0: to it. And so you as a parent, your role is not to heap more shame yeah. on the shame. You know, I also love, you know, you saying that... that the showing of love to them doesn't mean that they escape the consequences. Yeah. You know, those consequences are still there and, and that's something that as you talk with your students, you know, you have to say, hey, you know, there's there's a reason that we have strict guidelines and God gives strict guidelines in this area because the consequences are severe. But those consequences are severe enough Without you having to be the one that necessarily brains down the hammer, now you as their parent have to gauge appropriate punishments and things like that um, you know and, and there may be times where you know groundings and suspensions from things are, are in order right but you can do that and have those consequences without heaping on the shame yeah and that it really is a chance to show. Jesus.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think it's easier not to heap on the shame when you know that your kid is not the only one.
0: Absolutely. You know,
1: you this is not a if they mess up physically or they have seen too much or anything like that, I don't think that's an outlier. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably more common mm-hmm. than than if they hadn't done that or mm-hmm. hadn't seen those things or so I think it's so important for the parents to know that you're not alone. Yeah. You're not the only one. Your kid isn't the mess up at school. Yeah. You know, he or she isn't the one that everyone's going to know. You know, did something bad. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all in that same boat and they're all struggling. Yeah. Um, and parents are to be there for their students and there for each other too. Yeah. yeah.
0: And for, as a parent, you know, it's I think that it's encouraging to remember that this doesn't def- if your child messes up here, this does not define them. But yeah. I think also in what you're saying, there's that that word of warning in it too, of that you need to be proactive because this is so prevalent. And you as a parent, you want to do everything to try to prevent that. But sometimes you just can't. And sometimes you have to be willing to handle it with grace to have built up that trust and to, uh, you know, to be willing to say, I understand that there's enough shame already attached to this. Yeah. And you're wallowing in that right now. And in my role, I'm not going to heap more onto you, yeah. but I'm going to love you through this. Mm, that's yeah. good stuff. Yeah. So we uh, just spent a few minutes talking about the not fun, really, or super encouraging side of when your True. child messes <laughs> up. And so I would like for us to uh, wrap up um, with just thinking about what's one way you know that that we can encourage, or maybe there's a couple that we can encourage our parents. In this area, because I know for me, um, having two kiddos that are little and just thinking through this, I've been kind of bogged down by it a little yeah. bit of. Man, this is so daunting as a parent, and uh, man, there's just it's it feels so awkward and it's so daunting. And I know that as I was thinking through that, I I drew some encouragement from. Uh, from this, as I thought about it in this area I've just I've been reading about some of the different names of God yeah. going through this book, and, and one of the names that I came across uh, for God is Jehovah El Amet, which means that uh, the Lord God of Truth.
1: Hmm.
0: And I just was thinking about, man, there are so many lies that are out there about yeah. this topic. There are so many lies, um, and really the only source of truth about this topic of sex comes from the Lord and from His Word and His command and that when sex happens within the truth that God created for it, just how good of a gift it is mm-hmm. and how amazing it is and, and just, you know, it kind of put a little bit of fuel in my fire of, man, I get to help them Right, I get to help them find the truth in this, and that God created this in such a beautiful way, and when it's lived in that truth, and when we can fight against the lies that are being thrown at our students um you know and at our kids that that it just you know that's the best that just brought encouragement to me, yeah. of just man. Right, like there is truth in this and it's good and it's worth fighting for. And then our God is a God of truth and he has designed a truth for this area. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. I love that. I love that you use the word help, you know, I can help them find this truth. Mm -hmm. I think that is the encouragement that I take from talking about this and talking to students and parents is that we are God's helpers. And we are these students' helpers. As a parent, you are your kid's helper, mm. but you're never your kid's God, and that is a relief. Yeah, The relief is that whether you do this right or wrong, if you are trying and you are submitting it to the Lord and you're helping Him speak truth to your student... He's going to come through as faithful. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the one, like you said, He is the truth. Yeah. He's going to be the one that interprets for your child and helps and guards and protects your child. And you are just the helper. Okay. And so we get to come and to serve and to go out on a limb and do the awkward thing in, in the name of helping the Lord, in the name of raising up these kids and the ways that they should go. I always tell parents, It's not, when you're done, if you had this amazing conversation about sex and it was so great and it it was easier than you thought and and all these great things, it's still not going to feel good. Yeah. You're not going to walk away thinking, that was so great. You're
0: not going to feel encouraged. Yeah, yes. (laughs) You're not going to
1: walk away feeling encouraged about your parenting or because it is going to feel awkward, but you can walk away feeling assured that mm-hmm. you were obedient to the Lord absolutely. and that you helped him and you helped your child. So mm-hmm. it's not going to feel good. It's not going to feel like a pat on the back, yeah. um, but it should feel like you've been faithful. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening in to this first episode of our Christ Chapel Parent Podcast. We had talked about sex uh, hopefully, uh, this real conversation will help you when at home as you begin to build trust and have the ongoing conversation with your student about what it looks like to live out God's truth for sex in a world that wants to tell them a lot of lies about it. If you have any ongoing questions about this topic, our staff would love. Talk to you about it. Feel free to reach out to any of us. We'll buy you a cup of coffee or take you out to get some tacos and, and we'll continue this conversation to help you win with your student as you help guide them towards a life where their relationship with Jesus is the dominating factor.